Now, there was a very interesting piece in Business Day today. Industrial reporter Michelle Gourmede uh, highlighted what Sanral is saying about the way trucks are tearing up parts of the N2. And I think you can all visualize what parts they would be, the N2, from around Ermelo all the way through to Pongola and further down south as uh, those trucks make their way to the Richards Bay Coal Terminal. Now, the original construction, uh, we understand from Sanral, again, thanks to uh, Michelle's reporting is that it was built 40 years ago with the expectation that around 200 trucks a day would use it. The number using it currently is around 2,500 trucks a day. So what happens? Well, we know what it looks like, but there must be a long-term plan to deal with this. Lo Kanamea is the engineering executive for Sunroll, and he joins us now on 702 Drive. Mr. Kanamea, welcome, and, and, and thanks very much for, for giving us your time. This is something that Sunroll could in no way, shape or form have predicted 20 years ago, possibly even 10. Is there anything that can be done to mitigate this uh, from your point of view or does it require intervention from someone else? Hi, uh, hi, good afternoon, John. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, as you've indicated, uh, some of these rapid changes in terms of traffic growth over a very short period are really things that are very difficult to predict at the time when you originally design a road. So it's similar to say you have a road and suddenly there's a major mine opening next to it and the mine is transporting or hauling materials via road. Right. If you, nev- if you never knew about the mine coming, you would not have incorporated that in your design assumption. So it is a continuous challenge in terms of when you design a road, because I think it's important for the listeners to understand is that when we design a road today, we design it for the next 25, 30 to 40 years. So we look into the future, we predict what we expect is going to happen. And that is how we design and build specifically the pavement structure, the layers on which the load needs to be carried is highly dependent on those assumptions and the specifically the number of trucks we expect to, on a daily basis, make use of that road going forward with all the growth assumptions. So when when we talk about damage, um, you know, my mind first goes to, well, you know, parts of the upper surface of the road rip up and you get potholes or whatever the uh, visible consequences might be. But is this damage that gets done, if I were to use a human analogy, to the bones? Are we seeing fractures and breakages as opposed to just bruises and cuts? Yeah, yeah, I think I think what's important to understand is that when we design a road and when we build uh, at the surface, I think for the most of the general public, all roads look the same. They yes. are flat right. and predominantly black in color because of the bitumen we use for the waterproofing to keep the moisture out. But there's a vast difference below the surface when you look at a road like the N3 versus an urban street. So typically in your urban environment, you have about another 300 millimeters of material below that waterproofing surface. On a big national road like the N3, we have up to 1.2 meters of material that are built up in layers with different strength characteristics to be able to carry those loads. So that's why a N3 is not that sensitive for change in truck traffic because it's been designed for that. But a 
typical farm-to-market kind of road that in the past was mostly dealing with farm-to-market kind of traffic. Uh, if you suddenly now have this vast increase in, say, trucks that are hauling coal or anything along that corridor, it's never been designed for that. And instead of lasting its 20 to 25 years that yes. originally was anticipated, it will be reaching the end of its life within a matter of three to five years. That, that's ex- some scenarios. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the difference there is, is an absolutely extraordinary number. I mean, you're talking about getting 20% of the usage on, a, on what is a massive multi-multi-billion rand investment. How, how does Sunroll uh, first off and, and, and the country more generally – plan for this? Because, I mean, you, you, you can't close it down, uh, but presumably if you were to fix it, you would have to do something which would cause the existing congestion uh, to worsen. And then you might do all those things and the railways start working again. Sounds to me like a planning nightmare. Yeah, I think I think specifically where it's got to do with uh, uh, maybe short-term inefficiencies related to say rail where one always have to look at, say, those short-term inefficiencies are able to be dealt with, then what is the long-term capacity? But then you then need to look at the demand on the corridor. You need to look at, okay, what is the maximum capacity from rail? What is the forecast of demand? And that then even becomes more complex because these demand, especially when it relates to export, is driven by market forces in terms of price of commodities. Right. So when their prices are high, you are able to competitively export or transport on road and still make a profit. But when the prices are low, road is not able to compete with rail right. if obviously rail is operating. So it is, a, it is a big balancing act that we continuously have and modeling where we do computerized modeling forecasting for the next 30 years into the future, doing various assumptions. And then based on those scenarios, we then make informed decisions in terms of the investment strategies and what to do exactly where on which corridor. When, and and, and I'm, I'm asking you, um, I suppose it's a mix of speculation, but I'm sure it's data-driven as well. How far are we away in time, Mr. Kahnemeyer, from a point where sections of the N2, let's say between Petra Tiff and Richards Bay, um, will become undrivable, uh, not only for the trucks, but for everyone else? No, no, I think there was already, you'll see for people that have been using it, there's already times now in, say, the past year or so where there were short portions that we had to extensively do some short-term repairs just to keep it operational and safe. So it's already happened on portions. Uh, The challenge we have, obviously, is the manner in which we build roads in our country. We make heavily use of natural gravel materials. Right. A natural gravel material operates fine as long as it stays dry. And what the public will know is the past three years, we actually had above normal rainfall seasons. And that's why really you see all these potholes being reported countrywide. Right. Is really the water that was able to penetrate through a surface that wasn't kept waterproof and then caused the damage lower down. So it is a combination of, you know, mm-hmm. climate. It's a combination of the demand in terms of the traffic, especially trucks on a corridor, as well as the age of the piece of infrastructure. And here, like on this N2 example, unfortunately, all three of those things, it's an old road uh, with a sudden 
very large increase in traffic yes. with three years of above normal rainfall that then caused these failures to happen. Uh, as I said, we step in, we've done interim holding repairs. Uh, we've actually already, the three tenders have closed already for major work then on that whole corridor where we'll be having to do major investments, not right. just for now, but for the long term. Uh, I think it's important to understand that as a country, we need to ensure that there are these alternatives should something go wrong on the one option, that there is a fallback position. Thank you so much. Loke Kanameya, he's engineering executive for Sunrail. Boy. All the things that can go wrong in a stretch of road appear to be going wrong in that stretch of the N2. Fascinating. I learned a lot there. Uh, as I said, there's an interesting piece on uh, Business Day. Go and check that out uh, with some other facts there as well. 22 minutes past four.